2 Timothy 4. As for me, I'm already being poured out like a, as a libation or drink offering. At the time, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me, and he gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me from, or for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Awakened perseverance. Paul was going to die, right? Paul was going to die. If you, if you know anything about Second Timothy, the letter there, in, Paul was in prison in Rome. He was going to die. They had told him he had a death sentence. Paul was going to die. And, and he said there, just my life has been poured out like a, like a drink offering. I have run the race. I have fought the fight. I have kept the faith in all of that. Paul had a, Paul had a, Paul had a passion. Paul had a passion for the message of Jesus, the gospel message. Paul had a a passion that gave him perseverance to withstand all things, right? Paul writes in one of his letters how he withstood so very much for what God had given him to do, to spread the message, to plant churches, to tell people. He had been shipwrecked. He'd been arrested. He'd been whipped. He had had spent nights in prison. He had been, you know, uh, totally ran out of town and people were trying to kill him all the time. Paul withstood a lot of stuff because he believed in what he was doing. Paul's passion gave him perseverance. And so church, I challenge us all to wake up today, awaken to perseverance in our Christ life. I want to challenge us all to awaken to the passion of Jesus Christ that is within us so that we might have perseverance to stand like Paul in all things, even to the point of death that enables us to stand in all things. Now we all know that life is hard, right? We can all shake our heads and say, oh boy, isn't that the truth? Some of us have had a harder road to hoe than others. Some of us have had it a little easier than others. But, but all of us have had our share of hard. All of us have had our share of pain. All of us have had our share. And we can say that life isn't fair a lot of times. But you know what? In the midst of all of this, life is hard. There's also life is beautiful. Life is beautiful, and, and, and honestly, there's certain things you wouldn't change for the world, would you? You know that it hurts, but you, things are good anyway. Like, like women in childbearing, right? I, you know, I've had a cold once, so I kind of know what you're talking about. <laughs> right? Sorry. Life is hard, but it's beautiful. 
And women, when life is hard having a child, but you know that, you know, like April, April had uh, had that surgery a couple of months or whatever ago, and she said, man, when I came out of the hospital from having our kids, at least I had a baby to snuggle. This, I've just got like none, nothing, and she was, you know, complaining about it. Life is hard, but life is very beautiful, church. And, and we all know, too, that life is in need of something more. Life is in need of something more, isn't it? We look around us and we see the pain that people suffer unnecessarily. We look around us and we see the hurt that, that some people are, are struggling in. We see the hurt within ourselves, those wounds that we carry, the wounds that our organizations carry, the wound that the world itself carries. The wound in the, in the gaping hole of evil and death and wickedness that, that are so present in life. We know that life is hard and beautiful and that something has gone wrong and that something needs to be fixed. That's why you're here today, right? You want to know. You want to be something more, something worthwhile. You want to see something answer what's wrong in the world and you believe maybe you believe maybe you're seeking to believe that God in Jesus the Messiah is the answer which brings us to the next point the good news of of this needy creation The good news of this needy creation is that there is hope in Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah, that God has acted definitively in Jesus who on Good Friday died on the cross and who on Easter morning rose to life. Can I get an amen out of somebody for that one? (laughs) Right? That's the joy. That's the Christian hope that God in Jesus entered into suffering and transformed it into hope, into joy. That God has defeated death and evil in Jesus and that is why we can have joy. That death isn't the final say. Death said to Jesus on the cross, I got you now. And Jesus said, okay, for a little bit. Give me a minute. (laughs) And three days later, Easter morning, here he comes. Stepping out into new creation. That's the joy. That's That's the good news. That's the gospel. Right? Jesus didn't create a new religion. There already is one. Jesus didn't create like a new way to be spiritual. Jesus came to defeat evil and death and decay to bring the kingdom of God and to invite us in as new creations. That's the good news that gives us passion, that gives us joy, that gives us perseverance because of what Jesus has done. I can know peace. I can know freedom. I can know forgiveness. I can know hope because of what Jesus has done. You guys can know that too because of what Jesus has done. Our Social structures can be remade into the image of God where there's no hate and there's no violence and there's no greed. (laughs) Except in the government. There's always hate and violence and greed in the government. No, I'm kidding. Even those can be redeemed by Jesus. The world can be remade brand new. And that's the message of Jesus if we will but hear it. 
if we will but hear that, guys, because of what Jesus has done entering into this world to be with us, to defeat those, the death and the evil and the decay, to transform into hope the good creation that God so wants, and to give you and me the life that we always were meant to have. We weren't meant to be greedy. We weren't meant to be unforgiving. We weren't meant to be hateful and and gossipy and and racist and all the other isms that we can say. Women weren't supposed to be uh, hurt by men. Children weren't supposed to be abused by parents and other people. Elders aren't supposed to be abused by younger people, right? Wars aren't supposed to happen. The life God has for us planned is the life we can find in Jesus, the life we were always meant to have. Blessed are. Blessed are those who hear and do. Yeah? It's kind of cold out. You guys need to loosen up a little bit in here, right? I mean, Jesus, Jesus had passion, right? Jesus had so much passion for saving this creation and you and me that He went to the cross. He knew it was going to hurt. And if we believe Jesus was just like you and me, fully human, in three years you're going to go hang on one of those. Congratulations. What do you, what's your feeling right now? <laughs> uh, run and hide. But His passion kept Him persevering. He persevered to the cross to the very end. He loved those to the very end. Not a single one that you have given me has gone out of my hand, he said. Now, John Maxwell, and you heard him, John Maxwell's a leadership guy and a pastor, I think, at some point. He, he, said, he said, you heard it on the video, when you are passion, you're passionate about something, it isn't reasonable, but you do it anyway. Passion will take you where nothing else will ever take you. When you're passionate about something, it isn't reasonable, but you do it anyway. Passion will take you where nothing else will ever take you. And perseverance is one of those things. So church, what are we passionate about? That we should do it anyway, right? Are we known for our passion? Is Do people say, that Homestead Church, that's the most passionate group of people I've ever seen. Or is that's the most dispassionate group of people I've ever seen? Are we going places that God has given us to go? Or are we saying, Oh, I'd just rather not go there. You know, because in churches, in churches, sometimes you hear people say, you know what, I'm tired and I want to quit. I'm tired and I want to quit. And, and if, if you've said that, I, I'm not pointing at anybody. I'm just saying I've heard this uh, sometimes. They say, I'm tired and I want to quit. Why, do we, why are we tired and why do we want to quit? Because Jesus is only good for a certain number of years in our lives because the good news is only good news for a certain amount of time or because maybe we've lost our passion which helps us persevere in the life of Christ and in the life of the church and the ministry that God could do through us. I would say, church, that we can, we can lose our energy when we've lost our passion for Jesus. Show me a person with passion and I'll show you a person with energy. 
Show me a person without passion and I'll show you a person without energy. That's kind of like, you know, how depression gets to you. You know, depression's kind of really a horrible thing. Because when you're depressed, even the things that used to give you passion don't give you passion anymore. And it's like that cycle. You just don't want to even get out and do those anymore. And and not doing those makes it worse. And not being with your family and friends makes it even worse. And it's that cycle. In church, guys, I would say that if you feel like you are tired and you want to quit ministering in the name of Jesus, and every one of you is a pastor in Jesus' name, right? Every one of you is a minister. My, my, my gifts just happen to, be lie, uh, happen to be standing up front and talking and doing some church admin work. Where do yours fit in? But when we start getting tired, maybe we need to see how's my passion that's helping me persevere in what God has given me to do. And whole churches can get tired. You ever been to a tired church? You walk in and you're like, and they, they didn't even care to sweep the cobwebs out the corner. <laughs> like, guys, come on. And because when you're in it, you just don't even see it. And, and if you're tired, you just, well, this way it, it's been. And so church, what wakes us up in the morning? What brings us here? A passion for what, what God is doing here? A passion for what God is doing in your life and my life and our brothers' and sisters' lives? What brings us here? What gets us up in the morning? Are we awake or are we sleepwalking? <laughs> right? Wasn't there, wasn't there like a song from the 50s called Sleepwalk? That... that, that <laughs> I don't know. As I recall, my mom hates that song. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Shiny ball. Now, back to this. Uh, you know, by the way, being easily distracted is a sign of great intelligence. And humility. And humility. What are we passionate about, huh? What are we passionate about? What gets us up? Because does that describe us? Doing doing it anyway. Right? So what are we passionate about, church? Because if we're passionate about Jesus, we're going, to have the, we're going to have that ability to run the race, finish the course, fight the good fight. When we're passionate, we're going to have that ability to, to stand in all things, believe through all things, hope at all times, and endure through all things. Right? When, when life is at its worst, we can say God is at His best. When the winds blow, we can stand up and say, in Christ alone I stand. And I will not be moved. Hey, that'd make a good song too, wouldn't it? Hmm. Now we can lose our passion, church. We really can. We can lose our passion as a church. And I would encourage us to check ourselves to see our passion level. Check ourselves. Have we lost it as a church or do we have it? Because I want you to imagine two distinct futures. One future is where we tried our very hardest 
to live the Christ life in Rochester, Minnesota. We tried creative, crackers, nut job thinking, innovative things to tell people about Jesus and to do things to alleviate suffering in this town and around the world. Where we knew that failure was a distinct possibility at every turn, and yet we persevered anyway. That's the first future. The second future is where we decide that that's too risky, that we don't have the, we don't have the fortitude, we don't want to try it. And we surely fail that way. You know, the, the people who only truly fail are those who never try. Well, what are you asking us to try, Aaron? Well, I don't know. What's God leading us to do? Surely there's something that a group of a hundred gifted, talented, loved by God people can do in a city. Surely there's something God has given to us to do to make a difference. Surely there's someone in your life that needs hope in Jesus' name this day. Surely there's some wound within me or you that needs healing. Surely there's some forgiveness that needs to come. Some validation that needs to be made. Some forgiveness that needs to be offered from you to someone else. Because if something's important enough, we'll try anyway. Right? So church, this is our final day of our... uh, of our Awaken series. The first Sunday was Awaken to Faithfulness. And I mean consistency. Faithful consistency. Brushing your... No, I'm sorry. Brushing, yeah, brushing your teeth once, a, once will not prevent cavities, will it? <laughs> brushing your teeth every day consistently will prevent cavities and you'll keep your teeth. That's faithful action. In Christ. In Christ's talk, let's say, being faithful to what God has given us to be every day produces faithfulness in us and produces action and results. Number two was awake to mission. Church, surely God has given, as I said, surely God has given to us something fabulous to do. Now, maybe it won't look like curing cancer, but maybe it'll look like someone finding hope in a life that they thought wasn't worth living. Number three on last week was awakened to multiply. If we multiply ourselves in our efforts, if we awaken ourselves to all of us being ministers in Jesus' name, if we seek to multiply the impact of this church and maybe plant other churches out of this church, we will multiply the impact that God has here and around the world. And today, awaken us to passion that we might persevere, that we might go, that we might be and do the things that God has for us. Awaken to passion.